All right, man. So we're live. Uh, everybody, welcome to a third episode of this podcast. Um, yeah, if you're following, <laughs> thank you very much. Um, we're very busy. I'm very busy as well. We're very busy. And uh, yeah, we're just aiming for consistency for now. Yep. Um, and uh, then we'll for, see. I, I want to do say quickly, uh, just welcome to our podcast, Growing the Ball with Lalo, with Lalo and Beto. I'm Beto. That's Lalo. Oh, yeah. I want to clear it out. <laughs> yeah. Somebody was like, who's who? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. They're like, all right, two Mexicans. So we'll just say one or the other. <laughs> um, yeah, welcome. Uh, like you said, consistency. Um, what do we talk today? Topic I want to bring up um, before we hit, we start hitting the games. Um, I saw the Everton West Brom game. Um, oh, wait, wait, before that, uh, why don't you show us your shirt, man? Oh, yeah. Everybody, look. So I'm a big uh, – I managed my, my favorite band. I want to see them uh, when they come over here to the LA, to the new LAFC state, um, stadium. I'm not a fan of LAFC. My Galaxy. Yeah. Um, but I had to get it because, look, it's uh, – see, it's Iron Maiden with soccer. Yeah, for those listening to the podcast, it's – it's uh, I don't know what that guy's name is. But... So it's – so uh, the, their mascot is called Eddie, and he's like the goalkeeper. And then you yeah. can see like the base player; he's hitting the ball, scoring the goal. Yeah. Um, fun fun fact, actually, uh, Iron Maiden are West Fa- West Ham uh, fans. Huh. So, yeah. I mean, that sucks, but uh, <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> Everyone has their team. Um, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Some people will never see their team be champion. Um, yeah. But fuck it. That's not you know. Some, that's not what some, why some people. Yeah, cheer for them. But anyway, so yeah, Everton. Yeah, Everton. So you know, I saw the game. They 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 won five two. Yeah. Um, against West Brom. West Brom, you know, just got recently promoted. Yeah. Uh, tricked by uh, Calvert Lewin. You had a hundred uh, score goal. Yeah. And then Michael Keane uh, scored the uh, header as well, I believe. Yeah. Um, topic that I want to bring up, aside from like the game, is this. It is very interesting because, you know, Everton, um, I think their first game, did they lose or did they win? I don't remember. Uh, here, I'll tell you right now. I'm like I'm, I'm like young Jamie from Joe Rogan. Um, okay, they won. Yeah, they won. They, they, they beat Tonham 1-0. I think uh, Hamas was already there, right? Yeah. He, yeah, he played most of the game, if not the whole game. Yeah. Here is my thing that I want to talk about. How crazy is it that one player can switch a whole dynamic of a team? Um, Everton, we, we were thinking about last season, for those that don't really follow, or, you know, they were, they were kind of inconsistent. I mean, it's still really early in the season. Um, but they, it seemed like they, met, they were missing, like, this, like, I, I guess want to say creative flair in their team. Um, and the season, they just got Hamas, and with Hamas, Honestly, they're looking very, very exciting. Uh, which yeah. brings back to like your first episode where you said, you know, Everton is a dark horse team that we should look yeah. into. Um, I didn't really think much about it because yeah. I wasn't really thinking much about Everton. <laughs> now with Hamas, yeah, seriously, now with Hamas, like that team is looking very different. Now it's interesting because people are like, I hear, hear some uh, commentators saying, oh, he's a little slower, you know, he's not still not at the fast pace of what the Premier League is and everything. Right. But the guy doesn't need to be 
well, he's, right. he's showing that he doesn't need to be all he needs to do is continue to put input his creative input. Right, right. And like I said, this is to me, it's, it's, it's like, it brings the point of what, you know, what I want to say the discussion is, is how much of an effect can one player have on a team? Mm. You know, um, for Everton, we have, a, you know, James Rodriguez. Uh, uh, for Tottenham, and playing everything uh, in Gareth Bale. Um, the you like him or not, uh, he was he came in clutch when it came to uh, Real Madrid. So we're gonna see what effect he has over there. Um, for Liverpool, you know, season ago, two seasons ago, we had Van um, Virgil Van Dyke and uh, Allison come in and totally reinforce and reinvigorate and change their defensive um, their defensive prospects, which led them to you know to win the Premier League. Uh, Chelsea, like I said right now, you know, uh, Havertz isn't doing much, but Timo Warner, you can already see the change in their, in their, um, you know, in their, in their attack. Like, yeah. just to me, it's interesting. How crazy can one player switch the team? You know, like, mm. um, you never think about, about, about that, that aspect, like, um, because, you know, when we're talking about soccer, we're, we, we, most of the time we like to think about the game or we try to think about the game as a team of 11 players, right? Um, but there's just sometimes where it seems like the team is missing like this one little thing that that's going to make it full and complete. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Everton, it just seems like Thomas Rodriguez was exactly it, what they needed. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm taking away also from like that, the new, I think defensive midfielder they got Allen. Yeah. Uh, from what I saw, he was very good as well. Cutting, yeah. you know, cutting out the, the passes before they even got to dangerous places, being very defensive, covering the defense, making sure that they didn't get so many so much forward and everything. But just like I said, um, from that game, what I saw is that Hamas like is completely changing Everton. I mean, uh, I didn't think uh, Calvert Lewin would be scoring hat tricks, and he's just scored a hat trick, you know. Um, right, right. So that to me is like I guess a discussion of how much can one player switch team. Yeah, so I, I I think that that definitely happens. I do think that um, there are certain players that that change a lot in the team. I remember with Pep's with uh, Guardiola's um, Barca when they were at their peak. Puyol was a uh, uh, when Puyol was healthy, they were they were at their peak, and as soon as he got injured. Shits just started going down, you know. The drain. I'm not saying that he was that person, but I am saying that the effects of one person are can be pretty substantial. Um, now, for Everton, the thing, the, the interesting thing about them is that, like for me, I see. I guess I see three big changes. Hamas. I think. I think. In, I don't know which one's bigger. Hamas, or the fact that. Um, Ancelotti was there for the summer, right? And and then the last one is Allen, you know. And and like, yeah. It, one, I have to give props to Allen because he came he came directly from Brazil, right? No, no, he came from Napoli. Oh, Napoli. Never mind then. Yeah. I mean, good good for him still that he's playing well. But yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, very very few players actually do that transition from. Um, from uh, from like South America to Europe and then like just kill it, um, but anyway, yeah, 
Uh, yeah, Ever Everton's looking good with Hamas. Um, I will offer a little pushback. I do want to see him be more athletic, but I mean that goal he scored, like, was all technique, right? I think he just stops it and yeah. shoots it right away, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, well, I, I, I from yeah, it's it's a it's a developing situation for, at least for me, but he he Everton's comp- I do think Everton's completely changed um and uh can't wait for them i i i was gonna say i'm like i I mean in general like if we see the starting 11 for everton it's not a bad team it's it's really good team um yeah that they have you know minus one or two players that you might say like they're average yeah yeah. um wasn't pickford the the starting goalkeeper for england yeah pickford's pretty good man yeah he's Uh, pretty good then you got then you got Jeremy Mina, like, you know, also started for Colombia. Yeah. Um, like we're talking about uh, Lucas Digne. Um Yeah, highly rated. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it, to me, what I guess the thing is, like, you know, he, he already had a good team. Like you said, it also helps that Ancelotti was there for like the whole summer now, and, you know, so he's able to start instilling his, his tactics and everything. But, like, just that, that extra you know, that extra player, which is Hamas Rodriguez, mm-hmm. that I guess is bringing that extra thing that Ashlotti was looking for, which is, you know, that little bit of magic and creativity. Right. Um, is making this team, uh, yeah, look pretty dangerous and pretty entertaining. Um, and, yeah. I mean, that, that also might come with, like, you know, when, we start, when I talk about signings, okay, I, I, maybe I just said about players, but sometimes even the coaches themselves as well, uh, finding how to properly use that team and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Ancelotti is one of those coaches that, it, that I, for me, it just feels like he allows players to play the positions that they know how to play and allows them to flourish in that and do what they know how to do best, which is why he puts out the best in players. Uh, think, think back to how Real Madrid was in 20, 2013, 2014, uh, back when he was coaching his AC Milan teams. So it's like he just – Instead of being a little complicated, like let's say Pep Guardiola or or Jurgen, where they're like, "Oh, you guys just got to play these positions and get used to it," he's just like, "It seems to me he's like, okay, what do you play? All right, you play that, or so I'm just going to put you there and just play how you would play, you know." Um, which is very simplistic, but um, it's like he gives them the confidence. He works maybe on technique and everything, and it's just it, it makes he makes them improve their positions and flourish in the position that they feel comfortable with. And that's what I'm seeing with Everton right now. Yeah. Uh, Richarlison is like, falls under that example where he was good. He was, he was decent last season and this season he seems to have picked it up. Um, but yeah, man. So Everton, they have Crystal Palace next week. Um, Crystal Palace uh, beat Man United. Um, yeah. What do you think? What are your thoughts on that? Honestly, I'm not shocked. Um, I, I I feel like people just want to think that Man United is coming up again because it's it's Manchester, Manchester United, right? It's a it's a team of reputation. It's a team that has to uphold a certain standard. But um, I've seen them get beat by Crystal Palace. It's always when this is where Wilf, Wilfred Saha is at, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's he's always seems to be the one that this um, unravels the uh, the top six teams like 
I know he did it against um, Manchester City. I've seen yeah. him do it against like you know uh, he put that's he's the one that put pressure on Liverpool. Yeah. And so I think if I remember correctly, Man U was the one that was winning. Um, and I thought it was like I okay, think so. maybe, no, 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 Crystal Palace took it, I guess first. Um, Here I'll tell you right now, but you can keep. Uh, yeah, Crystal Palace. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and they tied and I, it, and then yeah, yeah, and I, and I and that's the thing. Like I think, um, you know, when they talk about like uh, sometimes you know, we talk about the Premier League, they're like, oh, it's it's such a good league because anybody can beat anybody. Like it's that's kind of true, but the problem is that we always kind of just give up. We always kind of say that the top six teams are going to be the ones that wins, but yeah. all those all these teams have their boogeyman, you know. And um, I remember I think Crystal Palace beat Manchester City, Manchester United last season too, and. They did it again. Um, just Man United, just I don't know. It, it just they have really good players, but it just seems like they're they're uh, they're playing with like a like a like a small team mentality, where like you know it's about being defensive and hitting on the counter. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is if you're if you're playing teams that they know that they can go at you all the time, then you then that style is not going to succeed. You know. Um, because then you have to be opening these, uh, you have to be opening these, uh, these teams, not, they don't have to be opening you. You have to, you have to be the one trying to force them to open up. Yeah. Um, I, I, Pogba, like, I think a sign for me when a player is not kind of like not doing their part or not doing well is when they pass the ball, but then they stay there. You know, like they just pass it and then they st- they literally stay there or they're walking and passing. And I think, yeah, I saw Pogba do that. Uh, Bruno Fernandez is, you know, this highly rated signing. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying that. Um, I will say, though, that I'm not going to be surprised if uh, it was a Roy Hawkson. Mm-hmm. If he gets sacked because I think that this was a good victory, but it was heavily relied on the talents of their attacking line or their team. There were a lot of times where they had the ball and they didn't have anyone else to pass it with. And, yeah. and so, it, and those are the details that, you know, it's just a time bomb. It's just, it's yeah. just, a, it's just a matter of time until they beat a team where like, they're not going to be man you. And that's a lot yeah. of teams, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, well, well, that's the thing. That's the interesting part about Crystal Palace is that, Literally, all you gotta do is cut off Saha, and you cut you cut off his replies. He's the danger man. Like you see the game, that's who they look for. That's who the, the you know the final ball is trying to be thrown to. That's who the long ball is being thrown to. Um, so if you can cut him off, you know, and mark him well, then uh, you you kind of uh, unarm Crystal Palace. But you know, um, just man, you couldn't do it. The other part that you mentioned right now, uh, Pogba. Um, you haven't. We haven't seen the best of him in a very long time, and I think it's because he needs to be playing um, in front of defensive players. And I, and I don't mean about you know center defense. I mean like a defensive midfielders or people that are willing to protect the the defense line because the guy doesn't run or hustles to defend. I mean he does, but not to the extremities of like other people. Think back to where he was playing his best. Uh, his best was with when he was with Juventus, um, along with Arturo Vidal and, and Marchisio, right? 
those two were the ones that were hustling to protect the defense and get the ball. And he was just given to be creative uh, along with Pirlo. Um, and that's why he flourished so much because he, his, the defensive duty wasn't really falling into him. And uh, I think now the way that the, the team is positioned, like the defensive part still fall, it falls on him and it, and it's just, it, it, he lacks. Um, that's not his strength. His strength is about being creative and going forward, not not uh, doing the defense, defensive work. Um, and that's why I think we don't see the best of Pogba because I think he's, a, he's he is a really good player. It's just that what we're just talking about right now, you know, what that's the, the beauty of Ancelotti is that he utilizes his, them to their strengths. And right here, Pogba's not being used to his strengths because a man needs... Um, uh, defensive midfielders to to be behind him so he can do his best work. Yeah, I, I, w- I was watching uh, Tottenham, the, um, what's it called? The All or Nothing uh, on Amazon. And I'm just like, dude, I can feel their lack of wanting to win games, dude. You know, I can feel it when, when Mourinho had just gone there. And I feel like that is happening with this Man United team. Um and that's a that's a hard problem to solve, I think. Yeah. Like how do you how do you have to like technologically brainwash your team and motivate them so that they so that they win? Um, yeah. But uh, it, it's that part of like how do you get them to get that that uh that winner mentality, right? Right, um, right. Wanting to wanting to win, not wanting to lose. You know, if you lose, feeling like so dejected and and horrible and stuff and. You know, once you face them next time, you want to get revenge and beat them and stuff like that. I get it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we were very excited about the Chelsea Liverpool game this 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 past weekend, and um, I I I was bored by this game, to be honest. <laughs> uh, it's a shame that they got a red card, but that's yeah, that's not accidental, you know. Yeah. That's Liverpool for you. Um, but, yeah, so something that irks me a lot is this trend of jump penalties. When the when they go and they jump and then they hit the ball. Oh, my God, dude. I know. And I, 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 I told my brother, um, I'm like, dude, all it takes, right, is for a goalie to just wait and then, you know, see what direction they, they, they kick it um, or study the player or whatever. Uh I think I think Raul Jimenez does it the best or hasn't been blocked yet. And the one time he did it in the in the last in the Champions in the I mean Europa League, he even though they guessed it right, he still followed through with a hard hit in the top corner. So he still kind of had like a backup plan to the fact that the goalie waited. Yeah. But, did, but fucking Jorginho, <laughs> yeah, did that shit and Allison stops it and it's like. No. Yeah, so I I don't know, man. This this Chelsea side, it's just I, I I just felt like I saw it was it was on the front line. It was just uh, Timo Werner, and that's it. Like no one, yeah. no one else. And that's just very dangerous, man. Because you might be in a situation like other clubs, or you just don't have enough offensive power. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, what were your thoughts on the game? Um. Yeah, I did. It was a dud. <laughs> the interesting thing is that, you know, in the beginning, um, both of them were going back and forth. Um, and 
both of them just seemed like, you know, they had the possibility of scoring. Now it goes back to like how, how I said um, previous episodes is that, you know, Chelsea has a lot of firepower um, and the weakest part is always going to be their, their defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I, I think uh, Conte needs to be used in his, you know, natural position, which is defensively. Um, put him alongside Jorginho if, if that's what the style you want to play them both as as, as deep uh, as deep uh, defensive I mean as deep uh, midfielders where one of them can be like you know would be the the defensive one again talk, talking back about you know Juventus um, 2000 was it 2014 15 uh, which is Arturo Vidal along with Pirlo and Pirlo was just you know he would just get the ball and do the the, the ball moving forward yeah do that same thing there with Conte and Jorginho. You know, Conte could be the Arturo Vidal of Chelsea, where he's just like trying to, you know, cut the plays, um, help the defense. And Jorginho can be the one moving the ball forward. But it's just um, the way that they use Conte. Now, the cool thing about Conte is that you know he he's so good that he's uh, even if he's not playing in his favorite role, he still does a really good job and he runs and tries to hustle and everything. But you know. One thing, getting used to a position at the time you play. There's another thing, playing the position that you know how to play. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the things, the the, the negative parts about uh, of Chelsea and, and their tactics right now. The other one is Havertz still, you know, second game. Didn't really do anything. I was like, where is this guy? What is he doing? Um, I know Ch- I know uh, Lampard is like backing him up and saying, you know, oh, he'll, after some time, he'll get used to it and he'll, He'll be good, but right now he's not. Um, he's not providing. So what I don't what I don't understand is why doesn't he do the same thing he did with uh, Pulisic? You know, he said last season the reason why he didn't play Pulisic so much in the beginning was because he didn't want to. Um, he he wanted to slow him in into the into the right. into right. the into the team. Now is it because Havertz has such a high high price and you know he has to start. Uh, providing already, that's that's one thing. But I think it's not going to do him good if you keep putting him in and he's not develop, um, delivering like you think he he should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, how, Mason Mount, did, I I mean, the guy tries, but he's just he's 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 nothing special. Um, he doesn't he does honestly just because of the work rate i understand why lampard puts him because of the work rate he runs he presses and all that stuff but he's not uh somebody i would say he's gonna go in there and he's gonna be a game changer and that like you just said right now that just lets him more to be the only one doing um trying to get everything done now let's talk about the defense christensen and zuma they're both there's no leader there like and I, when when I saw that, you know, he, he wrapped around his arms around Mane, right? That's what he did. Yeah, yeah. Basically trying to hug him. I was like, in my head, I'm like, what are you doing? And that's an interesting question because it's like, you think to yourself, do I let him go and score? Or do I do this hoping that they don't see me or that it's not enough to say that it's a freaking red card and, and prevent him from actually scoring? Now, especially now with VAR, you would think that they'd be like, okay, they score a goal, at least we're still 11, and we'll still have a chance, right? Right. What is he, what is he thinking? What is, what is the, the, 
the thought process in that, that I'm just going to wrap my arms around him and hopefully I'm not, I don't get a red card. Like, I, I don't understand that. Um, the other thing too is uh, somebody, I read somewhere that's saying that he did that because he saw Kepa and he was like, oh, that's the goalkeeper that he's, the, you know, this guy's going to either, uh, again, he's going to get scored on or he's going to do something to get a red card. Mm. Um, and either way, both of those things were justified. I, I, uh, and especially in this type of level of game, you would think that they would be like, okay, um, maybe let's just go down one zero and then let's re- re- regroup. Yeah, yeah. And just it's just that that was a stupid ass fucking move. I, I don't understand why he did that. I really yeah. don't. Again, especially right now with VAR, like, why would you do that? Yeah. Ridiculous, ridiculous freaking play. Yeah. Um, and then I mean, okay, Kepa, dude. What's his situation and oh man and and for and for for those uh, up and coming young young ones unlike us established veterans first, <laughs> first team players uh, so dude his his mistake is interesting because Mane actually tried to pass the ball I don't know who but it was a horrible pass he he tries to make up for it you know you fuck up you go and you try to get the ball um, in a smart way because he's a forward. Sometimes I've seen that happen when you're like, dude, just, just okay, you lost it, just stay there because that's whatever. He goes, and because he does that, he he pressures Kepa, and then he scores. Um, yeah. But dude, would like what what's the deal with with Kepa? I mean, what the fuck? I, like, I, like half of the time, like ninety nine percent of the time, when when he gets scored on, he looks like he's pissed off. Like, like what the fuck? I'm like, dude, but it's, it's like your fault, or you know. Um, yeah. I mean, okay, you're the manager. What do you do? You bench that that guy and you start Willie or um, I thought they had what's his name? Um, Joe Caballero. Hart. No, uh, Joe Hart. I believe is with Spurs. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Honestly, you 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 bench him like, and it it's, it really it sucks. You know, being a goalkeeper. I mean, okay, first of all, being a goalkeeper is I think one of the hardest positions is, you know, because it's like you can do everything fucking right. But if you do one mistake that causes one, that one goal that makes you lose the game. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Dog? Like, you know, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's such a incredible position. Uh, the whoever does that position, I respect for them. Um, you know, you, you know that I've tried doing it. Uh, Oh yeah, I've tried to. It's really difficult, you know. Um, I can play it as like a, uh, like another player, but as soon as you tell me to do goalkeeper stuff, which is like you know jump and throw myself on stuff, I had yeah. none of that stuff. Um, yeah. So again, goalkeepers, my respect. Um, yeah. But Kepa was just I, two questions. No, it's either two. It's one of the one or the other. Either he's he had so much confidence to believe that. He can pass that ball quickly away from Mane. Yeah. Or he was shitting so much bricks that he panicked and he did that pass. It's one of those two, you know, because one of the things that, you know, even we as amateur freaking players know, don't pass it through the middle. Don't mm. pass it. Give it to the sides. Better on the side so they can, you know, they lose the ball. They're, yeah. they're you, you know, they're, they're on the side. They can shoot it out, kick it out, whatever. Yeah. What is his thought process? Am I shitting bricks? And I'm just going to pass it forward 
or am I so cocky thinking that Mana is going to run uh, and cover my channel to the to the left that I'm going to pass it to the center? Either way, both of them are fuck-ups, right? Either way, whatever his mentality was, he fucked up. He gave the ball so light, too. It wasn't even, like, such a hard hit where, it, like, you know, like, if even if Mana touched it, could, like, bounce off or something like that. It was so light, he just touched it, and then the goal goes in. And then he gets up, and you see in his face, and he's mad, like, I feel bad for the guy, dude. I don't know. Like, I last season, I was still trying to defend him. Like, you know, it's okay. He's learning, you know. Like, it, he's he's trying to be brave, trying to play from the back, trying to play with the ball on his feet. But the guy is just – he is a liability to the team. And, you know, like I said, when I read that whole thing with Christensen saw that Kepa was behind and he panicked, it – honestly, that game showed me, like, that maybe that is true. He saw and he's like, "Oh fuck, that's that's the only thing between keeping the ball between the, the going into the net. Like I'm gonna just do the, this to to make sure to try to pretend yeah. and prevent a goal from going in." Um, I don't know, dude. I I think I personally think he should get benched. Um, I know Willie Caballero is a, the the only other option. Uh, the thing about him is that you know he doesn't really play with the ball on his feet. Um, uh, he's more of just like a shot stopper kind of yeah. old school kind of goalkeeper. Um, but I did see that they, I think they just came to an agreement to try buy that to buy that goalkeeper from uh, Rems. So, mm-hmm. you know, Glampard can say as much like, you know, oh, he still supports Kappa and he's still a goalkeeper and everything. But if you're buying a goalkeeper, it's because you know you're starting goalkeeper shit. Dude. Yeah. And, and that you want, you want something better. Right. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I would have sold him and just gone someone else, but uh, maybe yeah. not much, as much of a dick as I am. Um, and, and I mean, dude, this is something that's going to make or break your season, like yeah. having that one stop or, you know, keeping – yeah, just keep having that one goal difference, having yeah. that last-minute stop. How many last-minute goals have we seen in a Premier yeah. League? All this, you know, it's it's – you need, especially with that back line that they have. Um, what's his name? Reese James. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm about to say. About tell you right now. I know. Um, usually, I think right back it tends to be Aspiliqueta, the place. Yeah. I guess he's been injured, so that's why he hasn't been playing. Yeah. But if you see that back line with the goalkeeper, who who there? Who of those five leads the team? The defense. Who can you say is the leader in that defense? Nobody. Mm-hmm. Like they're all young people. Like, I mean, if anything, I guess the goalkeeper would, would be the one that you want to listen to, but then you see him do all those fuck-ups, and you're like, how am I going to listen to you? It's, you yeah. know, like, it's, it's, it's crazy to see how the Chelsea team is, like, it's, it's two, two or you can even say three things. It's in the front, it's like, you know, they can probably have a, such a great freaking attack line. The midfield with the right uh, combination of the players – can be a good midfield, but then you have the defense and the goalkeeper, which is like, you know, shit. Like, so of course, that's why when it comes to Chelsea games, you're going to see uh, a lot of goals because, you know, like I, like I said before, the forwards can are really good. They can go forward. Um, I mean, I'm not kind of mentioning now. I'm talking about like when Pulisic comes in and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, they can be dangerous and everything, but then you have the defense line where, like, they can be – Dangerously dangerous for Chelsea. Um, it's so it's it's uh it's it that's why Chelsea to me it's 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 an entertaining entertaining team to watch. 
Um, like I said, hopefully with uh, Thiago Silva coming in, um, his experience can solidify that back line a lot more. Um, the only problem with that would be, like, where does he play? And if he does play, and you play with Aspiricueta, then you got two, two uh, veterans playing that are, you know, a lot slower than a lot of these uh, younger attackers, which might be problematic as well for Chelsea. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's 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 an interesting point. Um, because then now you ask yourself how how much of how much of an impact factor is that leadership in the back? Um, yeah, exactly. But it's it's crazy that they haven't. I don't know. These are who knows what's going on in those rooms, man. You know, like for us, it's there the the mistakes yeah. or the weak links are clear as day and. They maybe, you know, they'll tell you. They'll probably tell you, oh well, X, Y, and Z, and you know. Um, yeah. So funny, you know. I was just gonna tell you this right now. Like we were talking so much about Chelsea, we hadn't even mentioned about Liverpool, dude. Yes. <laughs> it's like it was. It's like two different sides, you know. But I was, I was, I was actually gonna go, go there. Um, and 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 so, something. I, I guess one of the re- in the beginning we had this question like why do why do we like soccer and, and something that I like to do is. I, I do try to create like these models mentally, not like mathematically of like what kind of what, what can predict whether a team will win or lose. Right. That's kind of like the, the basis of the question. And this week after we, you know, uh, filmed the podcast or whatever, they signed fucking Tiago. Uh, uh, yep. And then they signed Tiago uh, Jota. Yeah. Um, and then they also signed some other guy, but I, what's his name? I forget his name. Um, that's fucked up. Defender guy? I, for, I forgot what's his Don't, name. Not disrespect to you, man. And um, so then, okay. One of the main factors that I've noticed in teams is that they need, they need like something that refreshes the team. It could be like big players coming in. It could be a new coach, but it has to be like something that refreshes it, like you know, like a diff, like some you 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 drop like a perturbation, like perturbation, or like the shock factor, like some 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 shock, or else you know you have the same squad that won whatever. You know, mm-hmm. now these are very interesting purchases in Thiago because now that you you not only are you getting a high quality midfielder, you're also creating this um, environment of competition between these these midfielders, which is you know it's a dick thing to move but these are things you need to do to have a championship team you need to have non-complacent players that will fight till the end every minute week in week out practice whatever yeah right um what do you think man i'm i'm very excited for these purchases and for this team i think my stats with liverpool changes i think they are a contender now but but yeah what do you think yeah definitely i i was reading the quote i think they said that wayne rooney said about how uh messi going to Manchester city would have been uh, incredible but Diablo going to Liverpool, it's match over. Liverpool is going to win the title. Mm. Um, you know, maybe it's still getting a little overhead. I've always said it's going to be either Man City or Liverpool. I'm giving it more to Man City. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool takes it. Yeah. Diablo, then purchase Diablo is an incredible game changer for them. Um, merely because if we look at Liverpool within the past two seasons, their biggest creators uh, for big chances are their defenders. And so once you start blocking out the defenders, it's when you start cutting off. Um, once you, you know, force Robertson and um, try to be start doing defending, it's when you start cutting out the supplies and you're hoping that the creativity 
and the magic of the forwards can come out, right? You wanna you want that that Messi moment, that that Ronaldo moment where they take the the game by by their hands and you know do something magical and special. Right. With Thiago coming in, that changes the whole thing about uh, the Liverpool team. Because one of the things that we don't we fail to realize, let's say for example, Barcelona right now, um, we're interested in Wijnaldum, right? Mm-hmm. And people are saying, why do they want Wijnaldum? It's the same reason why they wanted Arturo Vidal, because Wijnaldum is a hustler. He runs, he presses, he's looking for the ball, he gives you his 100% uh, every single minute that he's out there. So he's never letting their, you know, whether it be their midfield or their defense rest um, and always trying to get that ball. The thing about Liverpool, um, if we notice, is that their midfielders are basically their cognitive engine. They're the ones that are hustling to make sure that nothing goes through, they're trying to break the plays and trying to get the ball back to deliver it back to either the forwards or get it out to the sides with, with Arnold and Robertson and do the, you know, do the crosses in, do the creativity and ask for stuff like that. If with Thiago, with the team adding Thiago, even if you eliminate the defense, you have a midfielder who not only controls the ball, like, you know, like uh, Xavi used to, but he moves the ball forward like Iniesta. And that's one of the things about, you know, what they were saying uh, between Thiago and Wijnaldum, who, who should Barcelona get, they said Thiago, it's because he is a Barcelona player. Yeah. It's the Alisa style of the type of plays. The man controls the ball well. The man is always moving the ball. He's always looking for that space. And he does the through. And so now, like I said, if you even if you cut the, the, the creative outputs, which are Arnold and Robertson, you have a midfielder who can create the creative output. Um, it's one of the reasons why I know um, Jurgen Klopp wanted to keep uh, Coutinho because he would have been, you know, the, the, the creative force behind his team. And right. now he's got that with, uh, with Thiago. Um, yeah. He's going to re, re – he's – that little change. Again, we're going back to the whole how one player can switch the whole team completely. Thiago, that's how Thiago can change the team. Now, Diogo Jota, um, again, like you just said right now, he just brings competition to both, you know, like the whole starting for um, starting forward line, and and the guy's been incredible. Last season, he was uh, one of the best players for Wolves. Uh, uh, it was him, Jimenez, much power that usually led the line. Um, the guy is fast. He's agile. He's quick. Um, he does really good crosses. Uh, he likes to. Uh, I think he he his. I think from where he's he's lefty. Yeah. Um. So adding that to. Um, to a, to a Liverpool squad that, you know, you can sub in and actually not drop quality. Uh, it's going to make Liverpool definitely a more dangerous team. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, these are some, some, some major, major purchases. And, yeah. and I mean, look, they have, uh, they have been Amino, um, Origi, you know, now, now uh, Diego Jota, uh, Thiago Milner, they're just stacked. Like, is Shakiri still with them? Dude, I don't even know, man. But how crazy is it that he fucking won the championship with them and like they didn't really play that much, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I, as soon as I saw Thiago go in the second, I think it was the second half, and you know, you started seeing how he was just moving the ball, won the ball, but the guy's just he he. He changes the dynamic of the Liverpool team, where it's like you know now it's it's not just about you know that like they say that fast heavy metal style of soccer for him, 
now it, it can also be very controlled and, and, and um, tempoed. Uh, a little more of like a Guardiola-esque, you know, uh, possession ball style. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so Shakiri's still in there um, <laughs> somehow. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. And, I mean, it sucks for him because it just shows that he wasn't – last season he didn't play that much, which shows that he wasn't able to really uh, give that challenge to, like, you know, the starting line, which is Mane yeah. Firmino and Salah. But, you know, so now that they're bringing Diego Jota to give that extra, again, a competition to the forward line. Um, yeah, and um, it's, it's, it's just – it's just crazy because now you can sub sub either side. I mean, ideally you would sub Mane for Diogo, but um, you know I, I wouldn't be surprised if he subs out uh, uh, Salah as well, yeah. um, just to give them like a different, an extra dimension and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the, the, I I don't. It's fucking crazy, man. It's. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so uh, what about the Wolves and Man City game, man? Man City. Yeah. That was a pretty fun game, honestly. Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to watch it. Um, but, again, man, Traore, Adama. I, yeah. Um, he used him again as a, as a right wing back. Um, I mean, I think in a, if you see it on a, online, it shows that the lineup was a 5-3-2, but really it was a 3-4-3. Three, a three, three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with uh with Hodens moving as a the center, um and Neto being a, a what is it called the left, yeah. left wing, yeah um and then he put Adama uh Chara as a as a right wing back and like we were talking about the previous game before I mean the man's quick the man can go forward and everything but the defensive capabilities are lacking and uh, Manchester City really took advantage of it. Uh, Sterling was playing right behind uh, Adama and right or, or trying to cut in through him. And William Bali, and you know some, that's how I remember correctly. The second goal came in um, right between them. The uh, Brian passed through the ball, starting with the run, cut it back in, and Foden scored. Um, I I think maybe that's why uh, Woods wants to buy Semedo. I, I think I read that uh, Semedo is going to be transferring to Woods. He needs to. He, they um, need to not do that, man. I don't um, like Semedo. That's. You don't, you don't like smell? <laughs> oh, fuck no, dude. Uh, well, apparently, uh, Wolves are, are buying him um, from uh, Barcelona. I think, I think I read for like 35, 30, yeah. 40. Um, but because of that, for the same reason, I think that he notices that, uh, you know, even even though Adama is strong and, and quick and everything, he's lacking at the, in that defensive aspect, which is causing this team. Um, yeah. I'm 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 worried for Wolves a little bit in terms of losing now that he lost Diogo Jota apparently, um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I don't I don't that it's just that they have to start those three people you know I don't see anyone like you know, like someone that they can sub out you know that that's all they got um, now for Man City I am worried about them defensively in that goal that Wolves scored because Kevin De Bruyne gets nutmeg, whatever. It happens to the best of us, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but the fact, but, but the, the, how much time he had after he nutmegged them to put in that cross and then for Raul to just head it. I know he's a good header, but 
those 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 headers shouldn't be happening. I think. Yeah. And and that's kind of just like kind of um, what? How do people say they put a damper or they they stain a little bit their win? Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, they seem to be a classic city. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm uh, again. I'm not a fan that Fernandinho is still in there, man. Yeah. You know, I, I appreciate everything he's done for the team. I think he was a phenomenal defensive player, like phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But they need someone else in there, man. Um, yeah. I don't uh, know why. I, Sorry, I let mean, me just let me just say that real, this real quick. I don't know why they still haven't sold Otamendi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants but, to buy him, probably. I mean, but anyway, sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I think Fernandinho started just because... Uh, uh, I think ideally he would probably start Gandua, um, yeah. but you know he's just positive for the COVID and stuff like that. Um, but definitely the fact that he has to fall back on Fernandinho, it, it doesn't it doesn't play well for for the team. Uh, I think he's still a decent good player and everything, but he's not what he used to be. Uh, he's probably a lot slower and things like that. Um, I found it interesting that you know he played uh, Stones and. And the new guy, wasn't it Makey? Yeah. Um, it was an interesting partnership. As you can see that there's still like a lot of work to have to do over there. Um, yeah, and and it it was, it was just a it, it was really good game in terms of like the NBC. You see how ingrained the the Guardiola style of play is on the team. Yeah. Um, passing the ball so quick, trying to pull, or something, just being passive about it, just to kind of pull out the, the players and when they need to, they shift the speed to one, two, three here, quick and go. Um, Sterling himself, like we talked about, I think it was the first episode or second, uh, the guy's still missing a lot of chances. Um, mm. He's still making some uh, wrong choices and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But the idea of how he does his runs and everything, it's it's incredible. Um, now, Foden, I think this is going to be a season that he breaks out. Um yeah. He moves. Sure. He moves really good. He yeah. knows how to look for that space. Um, he puts himself in really good positions to be able to, you know, to shoot the ball and everything. I think he this season um, we're finally going to see what you know, what the last set um, uh, a phenomenon in the making. Um, I'm kind of excited to see him. Um, hopefully, he does deliver like like I've been thinking he would. Um, but it was inter- it was really good to see him play. Uh, really good to see that it didn't look like he was below the team. It looked like he fit right in, yeah. perfectly well. Because um, you know, you, sometimes you can see those players where you're like, okay, this person still needs a little more experience. Right. This person still looks nervous. No, he just looked like he was right at home. Um, like he was meant for this and stuff. Like that. Right. Uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a it was a decent game. Um, like you said, one of the things about Guardiola teams is though that you mentioned, you know, how you worried about that, how that, that Raul Jimenez goal came in. At least from what I remember, it's like they've never really been good with uh, with uh, with headers or yeah. you know like set play set pieces against them were always like a like a thorn in, in his side. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I can remember, even with Bayern Munich and like the later days of like his his uh, uh, Barcelona game. And that's, I mean, it speaks to to his style of play, which is, you know, more controlling, passing ball, playing it on the floor. You know, his thing is always keep it on the floor, keep it on the floor. Um, 
but it's uh, yeah, it's just one of those things that you know I think I'm, I I mean he needs to work on it and stuff like that. Um, I can see him, you know, his, his starting center back uh, partnership probably being with uh, was it Laporte and um, in uh, uh, Stones and, or. I think it would probably be Laporte and uh, Aki right now. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. What um, happened to Laporte? He's injured? Uh, I think so. I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, but if he keeps, but if Eric Garcia stays, I can see him being the, start, the starting center back, hmm. um, which would be interesting because then you, you're adding two young, you know, players into the team that are going to hopefully refresh the team and stuff like that. Right. Um, but then this team is like, the starting team is pro- is basically two two years old. Like they've been, all of them have been here for two three seasons now, except uh, uh, Aki and Hernandez, which you know uh, Rodri- uh, Rodriguez came in, yeah, um, last last season and stuff. Um, but I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what uh, what Man City can do. We'll see if they can uh, you know evolve some of their styles or some of their uh, tactics. For like the bigger teams and stuff like that. Not that Wolves isn't a bigger team. Uh, I thought you know Wolves was probably one of those teams that Man City would probably stumble on, um, but they didn't. And then I think it's it's not it doesn't only, it only it doesn't only speak to Man City's quality, but also to Wolves uh, um, changing team, right? Um, would it have been the same if? Uh, Doherty was still there, and he'd be playing wing back instead of uh, Adama Chauri, and then Chauri would be playing more forward. Yeah, who knows? You know, they would because because we have a we would have a new defensive line with um with uh, Nick Danaki and Stones, and you know Stones been very uh, shaky <laughs> when it comes to being pressed against uh, really quick uh, wingers and stuff. So yeah, yeah, um, they got they got somewhat stripped, and it would have been nice. You know, we all know Adama's better on as a sub than as a starter. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so, um, there's a lot we can talk about, but I think we should wrap it up pretty soon. Um, this week we have that the matches that interest me right now are City and Leicester, but no offense to them. Even more than that is Liverpool Arsenal. Mm -hmm. Um, who do you think wins, man? Who do you got? I I think, I think Liverpool, man. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to say Liverpool as well. Uh, I mean, Arteta has actually definitely improved Arsenal. Yeah. Um, but again, with his new signings that Liverpool are making and they've made, uh, I definitely see them taking it. Yeah. Uh, um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see with City and Leicester. Um, but, oh, one more thing. Suarez to Atletico. Has that happened yet or not? Not yet. Uh, apparently, they was going through, and then the Barcelona board said no. Um, that they didn't want to because they wanted the Atlantico to pay a certain fee. Uh, last thing I read again was that they said yes, uh, yeah. that he should be going to Atlantico, which, um, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see that Atlantico fan here, so I don't mind if he goes there. <laughs> yeah, man, he, uh, he should have stayed at least as a sub or something in Barca, but for whatever reason. Well, that's they... the thing. Apparently, they didn't, they didn't want him anymore, and that's a question that, you know, I mean, who knows who it is, but it's apparently Coleman said that if it was up to him, he would, he would keep he would keep him. So it seems maybe that the board is the one that doesn't want him anymore. So and then it just told Coleman to be the one that's you know clean house. He's the one that is going to be doing all the dirty work. 
Yeah, I mean, they probably probably trying to just get some money off of that. Um, yeah. But it'd be crazy to see just Suarez and Costa, like Costa back to his aggressive days, just them two, like yeah. next to each other. Yeah. And it, here's the funny part I was going to share, now that you bring that up. Uh, Diego Costa was the one that's be, that was trying to get, they were trying to sell, and Alvaro Morata just went on loan to Juventus. So <laughs> that's just a pretty interesting uh Pretty interesting that the one that they're trying to get rid of is still there, and uh, the one that seemed like it was going to stay. So we shipped out. Yeah. Cool, man. Anyway, is there anything else that you want to uh, add, or anything you want to talk about? Um. No, not really. I mean, just quickly, I guess touch say that uh, Leeds United won <laughs> again. It's and, and this time they won. They won four three. Last game, they lost 4-3. Yeah. This time they won 4-3. So, like I said, Leeds United is definitely one of those teams where you want to see just because you want to see how many goals you're going to end up going in that game. Yeah, they they um they need to work on their defensive issues. But Elder Costa, man, yeah. fucking beast. Um, That goal, the first goal he scored, mm-hmm. um, that is not an easy shot. Yeah. You know, the, the angle where he placed it and then the angle of the goalpost, I mean – that's yeah. that's that's world class to me. Um, yeah. So yeah, they have they have exciting players. Um, and then uh, Rodrigo's curse passed on to Thiago on his debut. Debut, you know, he uh, cost a penalty too uh-huh. for, <laughs> yeah. for Chelsea. But yeah, um, they look they they're te- they're they're a solid team. Like in the yeah. front, like midfield and up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Leads. Uh, their their the number nine is is actually decent. You know, none of this like second league thing, but yeah, definitely. Anyway, um, and then lastly, I guess uh, uh, Barcelona comes back next this this weekend. So let's see how this season starts. Yeah, doesn't um uh doesn't uh who who won the Europa man? Damn, blanking out. This, this oh, pretty Sevilla bad. and Bayern Munich, right? Yeah, they play right. Like yeah, uh, they play. Is it this weekend? I don't know, but I think it's yeah. it's coming, man. Yeah. Um. So that'll be interesting to watch, I guess. Yeah, but it's gonna be interesting. But I mean, it's like watching. I don't know. I think Bayern wins. Dude, they beat eight. Uh, they beat Shock eight zero. Like they, they, they just, have. <laughs> they a fuck. Came, yeah, they're just damn. That team is a monster. monster yeah, it's, team. Not, it's Thursday at noon. The game, and they have fucking uh, what's his name? Uh, he they just got him from City. Lerosane. Lerosane. Um, yeah, that guy was beasting it that day, dude. Yeah. Uh, I could see him, like, still scared for some reason. Like, he's, like, like he's very unselfish, which is good, yeah. right? Because he scored all those goals because of him. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah. So... Well, I think that's the... That's the... That's the... That's the development that Guardiola made him do, right? Because initially, when he first came in... It was just he was. I mean, he can run in the ball and everything, but he always wanted to do the, the individual uh, magic where he just wanted to shoot himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was over the course of like the years that he was here that you started seeing him become less of a selfish player. Um, I read somewhere that Lowe didn't call him up to the national team because he is apparently seen as arrogant, um, and he didn't want to dis- disrupt the, the balance of the team. Mm. But I you know I always said I'm like if you're really if you're that good you you can't help be a little cocky sometimes, um, but hopefully he's been 
he's, he's humbled a little more with age um, and stuff like that. The other part too is, you know, the fear aspect of it is like, I wonder if it's because of the injury. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's know, kind that, of what I was... That, defi- that definitely takes a toll on, on players. I mean, I we know a certain friend of ours who just stopped playing completely once she had a small injury. Um, well, it was a small injury. He just never... We never figured out how big it was, but, you know, he just stopped playing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I think yeah. I know. And, I mean, that guy was good, right? Um, but Lalo, that's what it is. Good. That's what it is. Exactly. <laughs> it's me. That was <laughs> good. That's what, that's what an injury can do. And, I mean, as an amateur, you know, as a definitely as a professional, um, it's a lot more extreme and more um, aggressive. I also want to bring up the point, like, I, I kind of I didn't say anything I forgot to say, but like having a good player on your team, like the 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 the, the, the mentality he brings you, you know, like if you have a goalkeeper, like for us at least, like if we know we have a goalkeeper, you know, versus like someone who's like, hey, you play goalkeeper, you know, <laughs> you're like you feel more at ease and more confident just knowing yeah. that that guy has your back, or if you have a striker, or if you have an X Y Z player, and you just feel yeah. that confidence, and it does affect, I think you as a player and then Definitely. also the whole team. Definitely. So I can't imagine what Chelsea's even feeling like, <laughs> like everyone. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Clo- open it up with Chelsea, close it up with Chelsea. Yeah. Close it up with Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. Just like keep dunking on, uh, scoring on Chelsea. But uh, anyway, um, cool. So this was cool. Um, guys, make sure to like subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or Apple podcasts. Um, if you guys want to be on it, just uh, shoot us a DM, either me or Beto, and we'll 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 put you on. We'll see if we'll put you on. We'll see if we can pencil you in. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, man. Any 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 final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts. Um, next week uh, we'll start uh, talking um, and sharing our our fantasy football um, fantasy soccer Premier League teams. Oh yeah, um, that's something that we're starting. You know, just to. Have fun. Um, yeah. We'll definitely start them next week. Um, yeah. And then uh, that's it. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. That's a, that's a wrap then. Sounds good. Yeah.